Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. But hey, uh, I'm really excited. Really excited for what God wants to say into our lives this morning. But I've got a question for you. Actually, before I get to that, let me pray. Dearly Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in each one of our lives. God, thank you for what you're doing in the life of our campus. God, thank you for what you're doing through the life of our campus and through the life of our church. Lord, thank you for the lump keys and and so many other gateway uh, beyond workers who right now are in all over our world, sharing the good news of what Jesus and who He is and what He's done. So Lord, I pray this morning, speak into our lives. Lord, I pray this morning that, that we won't hear my voice, but we'll simply hear your still small voice into our lives. Lord, thank you that you want to speak to us this morning, that you're a live God, not a dead God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I want to ask you a question this morning. When I say the statement, no one is beyond reach of God's power to save. What goes through your head and what goes through your heart? I need to confess something to you this morning. I, uh, I, what often goes through my head is not often the same thing that goes through my heart. Let me give you an illustration. Um, what goes through my head is when Shadi makes an amazing meal for dinner. What goes through my head is I need seconds of that. What goes through my heart is... Absolutely. Sorry, what goes through my head is I shouldn't have seconds of that. And what goes through my heart is I absolutely should have seconds of that. What goes through my head is when we go to Ikea and we buy a flat pack piece of furniture, or as I like to call it, torture. Uh, What goes through my head is I should read the instructions. What goes through my head is, heck no, I'm a guy and I don't need instructions. So I'm going to take five hours too long and probably have a panel the wrong way. But that's okay. What goes through my head is on Wednesday night, I wonder if New South Wales will win the state of origin. But then what goes through my head, that's, that's, that's exciting. What goes through my head is I wonder. What goes through my heart is absolutely, they've got it in the bag. See, I need to confess. I need to confess that what goes through my head is different often than what goes through my heart. When we say no one is beyond reach of God's power to save. In my head, I believe it, but in my heart, I struggle with it. You see, there's times in my life where where I've been praying and believing for the people that I live, work and laugh with. She's probably not the people I work with because hopefully they already love Jesus. But the people that I... Actually, we're just going to go... The live and the work is good, but the laugh we're going to go with, all right? So... There's times in my life where I believe for the people that I laugh with would come to know Jesus. And yet after so many years of believing and praying, they're still not quite there. See, I don't know about you, but there's often a gap between my head expectations and my heart experiences. See, although we know that no one is too far away from God, in our hearts at times, we struggle to believe it at times. But the truth is that no one is beyond reach of God's power to save. 
So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to, we're going to read a, a story out of Acts chapter 9. And uh, don't bother looking in your Bibles unless you've got a, a message version with you, because I'm going to read it this morning out of the message version, which will be up on the screens. And the story goes something exactly like this. At the time Saul was breathing down the necks of the master's disciples, he was out to kill him. He went to the chief priests and, it, and to get arrest warrants to take to the meeting places in Damascus. So that if he found anyone that belonged to the way, whether men or women, he would arrest them and bring them to Jerusalem. Amen. He set off. He got to the outskirts of Damascus and he was suddenly dazzled by a blinding flash of light. And he fell on the ground and he heard the voice say, Saul, Saul, why are you out to get me? He said, who are you, Master? I am Jesus, the one you're hunting down. I want you to get up and enter the city. And in the city, I will, you'll be told what to do next. The companions stood there dumbstruck. I love that term. And they could hear, they could hear the sound, but they could not see anyone. While Saul picked himself off the ground, he, he found himself stone blind. They had to take him by the hand and lead him to Damascus. He continued blind for three days and he ate and he drank nothing. There was a disciple in Damascus by the name of Ananias. The master spoke to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, master, he answered. Get up and go over to Straight Avenue and ask for the house of Judas for a man from Tarshish. His name is Saul. He's there praying. He's He's just had a dream in which he saw a man named Ananias enter his house and lay hands on him and he could see again. Ananias protested. Father, Master, you can't be serious. Everyone talked about this man and the terrible things that he's been doing. His reign, his reign, take, his reign of terror against the people of Jerusalem. And now he's here to show up with the paper, papers from the chief priests and to give him license to do the same to us. But, master said, but the master said, don't argue, go. I've picked him as my personal representatives to non-Jews, kings and Jews. And now I'm about to show him what he's in for, the hard suffering that goes with his job. So Ananias went and found the house, placed his hands on blind Saul and said, Brother Saul, the master has sent me. The same Jesus you saw on your way here. He sent me so you could see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. No sooner were the words out of his mouth that something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He could see again. He got to his feet, was baptised and sat down to eat a hearty meal. Now, I don't know what that story does in you. Saul, here we, here we have Saul of Tarshish. Once upon a time, he's a Christian killer, a Christian persecutor. And now, and, and he's on his way to persecute more Christians and use his power and the authority given to him by, by the, the religious leaders to stop the spread of the gospel. But Jesus has other 
ideas. And I don't know where you are this morning and I don't know what you're going through, but I sense that what God wants to say to you this morning is that Jesus has other ideas. And as it turns out, Jesus has greater powers than Saul. As it turns out, Jesus has greater powers than the religious authorities of the day. And Jesus stops Saul in his tracks. And he sets him on a new course to preach and teach the gospel and to plant churches. You see, Paul here or Saul here is transformed from a Christian killer to one of the most influential leaders the Christian church and I dare I say the world has ever seen from those moments on. Paul, the most unlikely person to ever come into a faith with Jesus has done so. See, no one is beyond reach of God's power to save. And this morning, what I don't want to do is we're not actually not going to spend much time talking about Saul because this is an amazing story of Saul's conversion. But what I want to spend in these few moments that we have together is to spend a few moments to talk about what, what, what I believe is one of the greatest unsung heroes of the Christian faith. Someone who is rarely talked about. His name is only mentioned in this passage of Scripture and no more. A man who is so pivotal to this story but a man who's barely ever mentioned. His name is Ananias. You see, we don't know much about Ananias. We don't know much about what he did, except for the fact that he was a Jew who got converted to becoming a Jesus follower. And he gave his life to this. But all we know is that he was the only one that the Bible records that was there at that particular day, at that particular time when he saw Paul's life, Saul's life, changed forever. He was the only one. He was the only one who was there when the, when the person who, who was, you know, if he was in school, was kind of get the award for the least likely person to ever become a Christian. He was the one who was there when, 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 when Saul was, who was hell-bent on destroying this new Christian religion. He was the only one there to see, Lord, to see Saul's life changed. Think about the person. Who's the person that you live, work and laugh with? That if you're honest, is, is probably the furthest away from ever becoming a Christian. Can you think of that person? Well, that was Saul. That was Saul. But the big idea that I want us to grapple with this morning, the big idea that I want us to understand this morning and be, have it move from our head to our heart this morning is simply this. No one is beyond reach of God's saving, uh, sorry, of, of God's power to save. But someone needs to go if people are to hear. Someone needs to go if people are to hear. I wonder what might have happened. I wonder what might have happened if, wonder what history would look like if Ananias didn't go. I wonder what happened to Saul who was blind. I wonder whether he would have just stayed blind in a stranger's house in a strange city of Damascus. But he didn't. Saul, Ananias went. And Ananias teaches us three things that I want to touch on this morning. The first one is this. No one is beyond reach of God's power to save, but it will 
take courage. Verse 13, Jesus comes Ananias in a vision and says, I want you to go to Straight Street. I want you to go to Judas's house. And in Judas's house, there's going to be this guy by the name of Saul Paul. And, and I want you to go and heal him. I mean, that's a pretty amazing thing. I mean, you put yourself in your shoes. I mean, you know, you've just had this vision from God and you've just, just go to this guy's house. You're going to see this guy and you're going to heal. I mean, that's a pretty amazing thing to do. But what's Ananias' response? In verse 13, it says this, Master, you can't be serious. In other words, I reckon it would have gone down something like this if it was me anyway. God, you've got to be joking. This is madness. This is crazy. That's a little bit, that's a little bit, that's a little bit out of control. I mean, this, there is not a chance in hell that I'm gonna do that because you've got to real. I mean, do you know who he is? I mean, you do know who he is. I mean, why would you tell me to go to someone like that? I mean, that's that's not gonna happen. That's a really bad idea. I mean, I know people and you know people who who, who met Paul and I don't even know where they are now. I'm pretty sure they're either in prison or they're dead. And I don't wanna be like those people. I mean, I don't even know where they are. And God, that's an outrageous that why would you do I mean, what have I done against you? I mean, what did I do wrong? To go and like, I said, where's one? Go, you know, like, go send him. Send, you know, we're going to send Russell instead. Russell's way more gifted. But, but that's not what Ananias says. You know, I wonder how long Ananias stood at, at the door, at the door of Judas's house, and the doorbell's just there. I wonder how long he stood there like this. I wonder how many times he walked away from that door. I wonder how many times he went, I can't do this. You see, Ananias put his life on the line and he obeyed God. And he was committed to God, not just involved with Him. And I reckon, church, that that as Christians in Australia right now, I reckon this is one of the biggest challenges that each one of us face. That, that many of us are involved, but how many of us are committed? On Friday, on Friday, I went to breakfast with Luke. In about five weeks' time, Luke gets married. So we went and had breakfast together. And in the middle of breakfast, I'm, I'm sitting there and I was trying to be good. So I had avocado with a boiled egg and some toast. Luke, on the other hand, who is getting married in five weeks' time, had lots of bacon, some eggs and lots of toast. And I remember sitting there with my avocado, looking at his bacon, crispy, dripping with like bacon juices and fat and all things good for you. And, and I remember sitting there looking at it and covering my neighbour's bacon. And it dawned on me that there's a difference between committed and involved. You see, bacon and eggs illustrate this and you're going, get your point, Dave. See, a hen is involved, but a pig is committed. See, God is interested in commitment. But commitment takes courage. See, if we're going to see revival, in the words of Star Trek, you never thought I'd say that, in ever in church, we've got to boldly go where no man has gone before. See, we've got to get away, church, from this mentality that says, here I am, Lord, send him. 
And we've got to get to a place where when God prompts us to go, to go and talk to someone who we probably think would never darken the doors of a church. We've got to remember what God did to transform Saul from a Christian killer to someone who was Paul, a church planter. We've got to believe that the Holy Spirit is still prompting people to go to unlikely people in unlikely places to share the gospel and the good news of what Jesus has done. But to do so, church, is going to take courage from each one of us. And it's going to be, we're going to see it in the people of, like Morris Lee, one of our gateway beyond workers, who served overseas for 40 years. For 40 years, he's shared Jesus to some of the least reached people groups in the world. The people group he goes to is, is roughly over 150 million people with such a small percentage, I don't even know if it's a percentage or a decimal point with a number after the decimal point percentage of people that follow Jesus. And he had a, I heard a story that he was sharing just recently. He, was, he had the privilege of working with a man who is from a Muslim background. And he, he was sharing about how this man came to him and, and he, he was a passionate Muslim and his faith, were, his family was all Muslims and they were, they, were, they were passionate, sold out Muslims. But he got to this point in his life, it was, Morris was saying, where, where he was lonely and he was struggling with personal issues and political oppression from fellow Muslims. And so he began to search. And during this time, he, he met a guy by the name of Morris Lee. And he met, he met some of the workers that worked with Morris. He met some of the team. And, and when he met them, he remarked that they weren't like other Christians that he'd met before. And Morris and the team began to encourage him. Why don't you just read this? Why don't you just read the Bible and seek it out? If you're searching, why don't you just read this? So he began to read the Bible. Glory. A couple of months later, one night he had an experience with the Holy Spirit that he met his deep emotional needs in his life and he's today a follower of Jesus. See, church, no one is beyond the reach of God's power to save, but someone needs to go if people are to hear. And that's why we're doing Gateway Beyond. That's why we're saying, you know what? God's called us to reach the people that we live, work and laugh with in our community, nation and our world so that we can support people like Morris who's reaching out to one of the darkest places on our globe. But Ananias also teaches us another thing. The second thing is this. No one is beyond reach of God's power, but it will take Perseverance. Verse 17, it says this. So Ananias went out and found the house. In the early 1870s, there was a young man who, whose teachers said about him, he's too stupid to learn anything. Now, I just think there's probably many teachers that wanted to write that on my report guard, but, but there's probably legal reasons why they can't. And yet he was a guy who that was what was said about him. He was fighting his first two jobs because he was non-productive. 
And so he thought, you know, okay, none of that's working for me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try my hand at invention. So I'm going to try and make some stuff that might make me some money. And so he tried 10,000 different attempts to try and invent and try and make this one thing that he believed in and knew would work, work. But time and time and time and 10,000 times, it didn't work. He failed every single time. But in 1879, Thomas Edison successfully invented the light rope. And when a, when a reporter came to him and said, hey, how do you feel about failing 10,000 times? Edison replied this, I didn't fail 10,000 times. I just figured out 10,000 different ways that it didn't work. What would our life look like? What would our world look like if if Ananias hadn't have gone to Judas's house, hadn't have pressed the doorbell? Would Paul have stayed blind in a stranger's room in a, in, a, in, a, in a strange city? Would he have given up on God? Because remember, it was God that said, someone's gonna come to you and they're gonna heal your blindness. Now, if Ananias doesn't come to, to, to Paul and, and doesn't heal his blindness, does Paul give up on, on this newfound faith and this, this newfound decision that he's made? Have you ever given up? See, every, inside every single one of us is someone wanting to quit. When, it gets, when life gets hard, it's so easy to give up. Amen. And Ananias was no different. Ananias was no different to you or I. He had to overcome his fears. He had to overcome his thoughts. And he had to overcome his feelings. You see, when we give to Gateway Beyond this year. We're supporting Gateway Beyond workers all around our globe, all around our nation and all around our community who are called to share the good news in very dark places. Workers like Rob and Liz, we saw them on the video just a few moments ago, who have been sent by Gateway to Thailand and they're living right on the, the, the border of Thailand and Burma and they're training pastors and they're, tra they're training church planners to go to their nation and over, overseas into to, to Burma next door. They're going into a nation that, that is persecuting people for their faith. They're, they're going into a nation where the authorities are trying to stamp out and stop the spread of the good news of Jesus Christ. But in spite of all of their challenges, they yet haven't given up. But the good news is this. Jesus is still more powerful than governments. The good news is this, that in a closed nation like Thailand and Burma, people are still hearing the good news of who Jesus is and what He does. And every single day, people are giving their lives to Jesus. See, Ananias, I've no doubt, was tempted to give up. Too difficult too risky, too hard. But he didn't give up. Instead, he listened to God and he went and the rest is history. See, don't, don't give up. Don't give up on the people that you live, work and laugh with because God never gave up on you. So don't give up on because no one is beyond reach of God's saving power, but someone needs to go. 
if people are to hear. And lastly, if no one is beyond reach of God's power to save, it will cost. See, Ananias knew what was on the line. Ananias knew who Paul was. He knew what Paul had done. In fact, in Acts 26, uh, Paul actually recounts, he he tells the, the stories of the atrocities of what he's done. And Ananias had heard the rumours and he'd, he'd met people who'd seen the, the things that he'd done. And as Ananias stood at that door, threatening to ring the doorbell, but not wanting to ring the doorbell, he wasn't sure what he was about to walk into. Was it a trap or was it a miracle? Would he be dragged off to prison or worse? Or would he see God do something Miraculous. See, we've got to realise that every single time Gateway plants a campus just like what we're sitting in right now, it actually costs Gateway and the costs the people of Gateway tens of thousands of dollars so that we can be here today. But not only that, did a bit of research during the weekend. Since planting Ormo Redlands in here at Logan, Gateway McKenzie has sent out over 300 of their very best people to come to campuses just like this, to pioneer what God wanted to do here. You gotta understand, I mean, imagine if we were sitting at McKenzie and twice the number of people that are gathered here this morning got up and left the building to go to different campuses. Got to understand the cost of the relationships that we would know to the people who have left. Got to understand the, the, the people in positions in leadership are there that are kind of looking at their teams that have just got a whole lot smaller. I reckon every time Gateway takes a step of faith to plant a new campus, Mackenzie takes a deep breath, holds on to the vision that God's given them, holds on to the faith, and goes, God, help us to do more with now less. But because of their sacrifice, we've now got three campuses in Ormo, in Redlands, and here that now reach over 1,100 people. Because of 300 that were sent. Church, This is what this is all about. But it's not just about that. It's the fact that that we've got got over 50 Gateway Beyond workers that that work locally, work in a community, work in a nation, but are in over 50 countries all around our world. And this is a cost worth sowing into, isn't it? Because no one is beyond reach of God's saving power. I heard a pastor just say this during the week. We need to not be a people that have to hear four prophecies, three words spoken of us as seven signs from God to do something that God really wants us to do. We need to realise that God has called us to be a blessing. Not just to be blessed, but to be a blessing. None of us here need to be talked about or talked into being selfish. But we need to try on purpose to be a blessing, to think outside of ourselves, 
to look at the needs of those around us. And that's church for me, why Gateway Beyond is so important. So I grew up with a Christian parents and, and I remember something my dad used to always say. He also, always used to say this saying to me, God hasn't captured your heart until he captures your wallet. No one is beyond the reach of God's power to save, but it's going to cost us. Ananias knocked on that door. He put it all on the line. He risked it all for God. Full of faith and most likely a certain amount of fear so they could reach one more person. Will you? Will we pay the price so that more people in our community, so that more people in our, in our nation and more people in our world can hear the same good news of what we have the privilege of hearing here. See, Paul's knees pressed into the pavement that morning, surrounded by heaven's light. Paul encountered the risen Jesus and everything changed. No one was ever too far from Jesus. No one is beyond the reach of God's power to save. That encounter left Paul's life blind for three days. He ended up bewildered and bemuddled in a stranger's house in their bedroom. And God left him there with scales on his eyes, so thick that the only direction he could look was down inside of himself. And he didn't like what he saw. See, he saw who he really was. His words later that he would pen himself was he would say about himself, I am a sinner in need of a Saviour. This is what our world needs. That is the good news. And that is what we're called to share. So that's why we're going to give generously. Above and beyond our normal tithes and offerings this year. So that we can reach more people in our community, through our care centres. The one that's going to be built on this hill just up here. It's why we're going to give so that we can we can plant more churches, plant more campuses in city like we're about to do in the coming months. But it's also why we give. So that all, all around our world, through Gateway Beyond Workers, they're hearing the good news. And that's why today, as you heard, Caroline say, we're launching our first ever missions trip to Thailand. So why we're saying, hey, you know what? We're going to put our money where our mouth is. And we're going to give to Gateway Beyond, but we're also going to not just, we're going to do more than that. We're actually going to go and put our feet in the dirt. We're going to hear the stories. We're going to meet the incredible people. Can I encourage you to find out more about this? Spaces are really limited. Already got a couple of people signed up just this morning.
But what I want you to do, you possibly are sitting on it right now or you were smart enough to pick it up. I wasn't, so mine's creased. I want you to grab your card. And on this card, it says this. We give because no one is beyond reach. Church, what I want us to do this morning is take this home. And if you're married or if you're dating or if you're engaged or if you're not, take this and pray about it. Go and talk to your spouse about it. What we're doing is this is a 12-month pledge. So it's not something, I mean, you can give the total amount in, in a couple of weeks' time or you can say, you know what, we're going to give X amount of dollars and I'm going to give X amount each week for the next 12 months. Can I challenge you this morning with the words of my dad? He said, God hasn't captured your heart until He captures your wallet. Listen to me, this is not, I don't want this to be any manipulation to get money out of you. This is not what this is about. If you feel like that is, don't give. But I challenge you this morning to take your card to spend time praying, going, God, this is what I'm praying. Praying two prayers. One is, God, put a number in my heart that you want me to give and then give me opportunities and resource to be able to give that. Will you join with me to reach more people in our city, our nation, and our world? Because no one is beyond the reach of God's power to save but someone needs to go if people are to hear. Someone needs to go if people are to hear. This morning before we, the team comes up and we, we sing this song that we sang at the start of the service, We Are One. And it says this, Jesus, you've won me. You've broken every chain with love and mercy. You've triumphed over death and you are worthy of glory and praise. I just wanna, I've got a question this morning. Perhaps you can identify with Paul. You see, we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of of perfection I do it all the time but Jesus doesn't see what we've done but he sees by his grace what Jesus has done for you he died to give you a brand new start he died to give you a a brand new life he changed Paul's life and he can change your life and if you this morning need a personal encounter with Jesus, He stands ready to meet with you. If you're ready for a life-changing encounter with Jesus, as the team comes up to lead us in this song, will you come forward so we can pray with you and we can stand with you? as you begin this brand new, exciting adventure. But let me pray.
Dearly Father, we thank You. We thank You for what You've done. We thank You for the Lempkes and so many other of the, the Gateway Beyond workers. God, we thank You for Aaron and Chandini and our campus here. The week in, week out, go to universities to bring light into those dark places. God, I thank You for all the Beyond workers. I thank You for the people who give and who have given so sacrificially so we can stand in a new campus today. But God, now is our time. God, now is our opportunity. God, we wanna make a difference with our lives. God, we wanna make a difference with our finances. So God, I pray for each one of us as we take our cards this morning, as we pray through, as we think through, as we budget through, as we take a step of faith and go, God, I wanna give so that more campuses, so that more care centres, so that more missionaries, so that more people can be reached with the good news of what You've done. And God, we are going to do it because of what You've done for us. Because God, we believe not just in our heads, but we're beginning to believe more and more in our hearts that no one is beyond the reach of God's saving grace. God, stir us and move her from our heads to our hearts. God, let the people that we live, God, the people that we work with, and the people we laugh with, and everyone else that's in our community, our nation and our world. God, let we, let us be the ones that might see you make a difference in more and more and more and more people's lives. Hope restored. Forgiven, given. hope you've been blessed by this message from Gateway Baptist Church. We're a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.